I think girls doing garage stuff really is this testament of girls can do not only cooking and art and all this, but there also is the other side of guys. If they're not interested in garage and manly things, then they're on the same plate as girls who are interested in the garage. You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Glossman. Buckle up for the ride, Femcanics. Femcanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. You can leave a message by calling 614-636-2240. Again, it's 614-636-2240. Leave me a message and who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. Ellie from Ellie's Garage is in the driver's seat. She's a 15-year-old girl restoring a 1965 Ford Falcon with her dad. Her father is a professional videographer, and he is documenting Ellie's journey from start to finish. Ellie shares what it is like being a teenager on social media restoring a classic car. Buckle up and enjoy the show. Hello, Femkinics. This is Jamie B coming to you, and I have Ellie in the driver's seat today. How are you doing, Ellie? I'm doing good. And I'm going to put it out there right now. Ellie, share with the listeners how old you are. I just turned 15. And a crowd favorite, you are on Instagram under Ellie's Garage, correct? Yes. And share with the listeners your passion project that you and your dad are working on right now. So right now, me and my dad are working on a 1965 Ford Falcon. He's gorgeous. And I know cars are usually called girls, but I decided that my car was going to be a boy. And his name is Carl. And (laughs) he's a little beaten up, but he's amazing and me and my dad are completely rebuilding him so that it can be my daily driver nice that is super cool and we are going to dive more into that but i thought what a great way to kick off this particular episode and just bring it home for folks to know that there's 15 year old girls out there that love classic cars but let's kind of take it back a little bit ellie and Let's bring the listeners through a little journey of your world and help them understand kind of the behind the scenes that led you to Ellie's Garage. So why don't we go back a little bit? And you're only 15 years old, so there, there's there's not a way back. <laughs> there's not a way back yeah, here. Yeah, not too far back to go. <laughs> but what what got you into cars? Have you always had an affinity for cars? What kind of sparked that for you? So I have not always been into cars. I actually, for a long time, thought that cars were boring. All the people that are listening are probably going to be like, what? But yes, I thought cars were boring for a while. 
my dad has always worked on cars. He's one of those people who can just like learn things in an afternoon. And he's changed the oil in our cars and stuff like that. So he's always wanted to help me and my brother learn what cars were and like how to use them and work on them and how to know your car so that we could go out into the world and he wouldn't have to be scared that we were going to break down on the side of the road and panic because we didn't know what to do. But I was never super interested. Uh, I always kind of avoided it because we grow up in this world where that's a guy thing, not a girl thing. So it was never something I was super interested in until one day when I was driving with my dad in the car and we saw this gorgeous 1965 Ford Falcon in the parking lot of a grocery store. And I said, Dad, look how cool this car is. And we pulled over and we walked around the car and we were in awe of how awesome it was. And I saw my dad kind of light up because he was like, wait, you're interested in this? I'm with your dad, Ellie. I would be lighting up like a Christmas (laughs) tree, too. I don't blame him. How old were you when that moment happened? Um... I would probably say nine or ten. It wasn't too long ago. I've only been into cars for a few years. And even then, like, it's not all cars. It was only those, like, classic kind of out of the blue kind of looking cars that weren't, like, super out there, but still unique enough that you know it's a special car. Yeah, and I tell you what, 60s... I restored a 67 GTO convertible, and there's something about the cars that were built in the 60s around the space age, you know, the race, and there's just the lines on them, the the body shapes, I mean, just works of art, and they're they're just so neat. Yeah, there's nothing like them nowadays. There's not. Curves of the metal, I mean, yeah, they're gorgeous. And it is so cool to see young girls like yourself interested in it because there there's this fear of this lost skill in lost art around working on these old cars and everyone will go and drop a brand new crate engine in something and just have the old look but knowing how to tune a carburetor and just these basic <laughs> things that knowing what a carburetor right? is quite right. honestly right And it is just so inspiring to see, and I'm sure you've been told that many times, but to be nine or 10 years old and just be drawn to it in a parking lot enough to stop and want to walk around it and look at it. So here you are, you're at the parking lot, you walk around it. What is that conversation like in the car after you guys stop and look at this 65 Ford Falcon? It was, uh, we had no clue what car it was. My dad knew it was an old car. Me being the little kid that I was, I was like, it's pretty. Um, So we were in the car and I was like, what kind of car is that? Where is it from? How old is it? And we started talking about these things. And I think when we got home, we started showing me pictures. And I just kind of fell in love with old cars. I still wasn't super into, you know, cars in general. But I was like, this is just, it's such a cool car that it kind of like started me going towards it. And I've always kind of been interested in how things work and engineering and all that kind of thing. And I was like, 
wouldn't it be so cool if I owned one of these cars and me and you could build it? Wouldn't that be cool to work on a car like this? Not knowing that, you know, a few years later I would have one. <laughs> but that that kind of just ended there. And every time we saw a cool car out, we would stop and point and walk around it and maybe take some pictures. And then we would move on. And we not we didn't think much of it until very recently when my dad and mom got a car for my brother. How old's your brother? My brother is 17. Okay, so he's older than you, got it. Yes, he's two or three years older than me. It depends on the time of the year. It's complicated. Um, But he recently got his license, and so he got a car. And my mom and dad, looking ahead to the future, were like, what kind of car would you want, Ellie? And me being the not-so-optimistic person that I am, I was like, I would love an old car, but I don't think that's going to happen. And my dad kind of just, I saw this, like, pushing it to the back of his brain as something that he was going to hold on to. Let me ask a question, Ellie. One thing that is really unique about you is your age in conjunction with the fact that you love old cars. A lot of younger kids love the new cars with all the latest amenities of the Bluetooth and yada, 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 right? And what made it for you where you thought that it wouldn't be possible? Well, I mean, getting a good old car, like getting one in good condition that's completely done would cost 24000 I think I looked up. So it costs a lot of money. And that's a originally what I was envisioning was brand new old car. And that's a lot of money that I didn't, wouldn't want to make my parents spend and I wouldn't want to have to pay off over who knows how many years because I don't have that kind of cash. But I, I just kind of thought, I mean, that's the dream. But I mean, I don't want to get false hope, you know, and think, oh, this is going to happen, and then it not happen. That makes sense. And and I appreciate your willingness to kind of dive into that, because it normalizes this experience for everyone. And that's that's true for adults, not just teenagers, right? Is this, man, I would really like that, but wow, that's a lot of money. So then you kind of feel like it's out of reach. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how it was for... That's how it always has been because I'm the kind of kid that worries about how much money they're spending. I don't want to be a burden or anything, which my parents are amazing and they keep telling me that I'm not a burden and everything like that. And they're, they're amazing and they give me everything that I can need and want. And I don't want to spend money that could go to like my college or something like that, go to my future. So I, think about how much something is and then oh let's scale it back because I don't want to put this upon anybody and I don't want to make my parents think that I'm needing something that I don't need. That That is very mature of you and extremely thoughtful because as a parent I can tell you I have a 12 and a 9 year old you want to give your children the world and it's very impressive Ellie. So you went through, you had this idea, you kind of put it out in the universe, your mom and dad heard this, and then it's almost like they kind of took it in, had it in the back of their mind, and you were, what, 
probably 10 or 11-ish. Does that sound about right? No, that was very recently, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. So you're just turned 15, so maybe 13 or 14 years old? No, it was like, I was 14. You were 14 mm-hmm. last year. Wow. Okay. Because uh, I only turned 15 in March. So it was, yeah, beginning of last year, and my brother was getting his license, so they started thinking about what kind of car I would want. And I put it out into the universe and then kind of forgot about it because I was like, eh, it's never going to happen. And then my dad came to me and said, hey, Ellie, you know how you were saying that you would want an old car? Well, me and your mom were thinking that if we can find the right price on a base of a car, that me and you could rebuild the car together. And it blew my mind. I was like, that would be so cool. Because not only would I get the dream car that I wanted, but also I would be able to learn the ins and out of my car. And it's something that not a lot of girls in particular get to do. Not a lot of people get to do is learn everything about their car. And I was just like, I love building. I love all of this stuff. And it just took everything that I was interested in and loved. And it just put it together in this package that was just so perfect that I couldn't pass it up. So I said, yes, that would be so great. And my dad said, well, we're going to find what kind of old car you want. Because we didn't know that I liked 65 Falcons. And he said, if we can find the right price, then we're going to do this. Wow. So I'm guessing what you guys did is you started your search then. Yes. So My dad, being the amazing person that he is, started looking at websites of old cars, and he gave me this really big website of, like, the top 20 old cars to rebuild for beginners. And the Falcon was on that list, and that was one of the top ones for me. And I was like, I love this. Isn't this really cool? And it was also one of the cars that was good for beginners because it shares a lot of the parts with the Mustang. So it wouldn't be super hard to find parts for the car. And it would just be all around good budget wise and all kinds of stuff. So you guys did the research. How long from approximately how long from yes, we're going to look for this. And at that point, you didn't know exactly that it was a Falcon that you you saw all those years ago. Yeah. When and where did you actually make the connection where it's like, oh my gosh, that's the car? So after we had looked for a little while, I kind of settled on the Falcon. I was just like, this is such a cool car. None of the other ones kind of fit everything that we're looking for. And this is just, this is what we want. And it wasn't until after we actually got the Falcon that we made the connection of, oh, wait, the very first car that I was ever interested in was the Falcon. And I didn't even realize it. My dad came to me and said, do you remember that car we saw all those years ago? And he was like, that was a Falcon. And it, I mean, it was just amazing to like see how my life with cars had come full circle. Isn't that insane when you think about it? And and you were like eight or nine years old. (laughs) It's crazy, right? Yeah. Wow. So, Where did you end up finding the car? So I think we were looking on Etsy. Uh, My dad had been looking everywhere. 
our deal was that he would pay for the base car, which we were expecting to be about 5000 And then I would pay for renovations and safety updates and all kinds of stuff like that. So I would pay to remodel the car, but they would pay for the base. And that's a good deal. I mean, right? Yeah, I got the easy part of the deal, quite honestly. So we had been looking and my dad and I were talking about it. And he was like, so it was last year. And he was like, I don't think we're going to be able to get the car until 2020 because we don't really have the money right now to buy this car. And I was like, I completely understand. It gives us more time to look for the car. And then one day, my friends were actually over when my dad told me. He called me into his office and he said, hey, Ellie, look at this car. And he had this website. He had Etsy pulled up with this car that had been sold. And it had, it had everything we were looking for. It was under our price range. It was only 2000 And it was just such a perfect car that I was like, Dad, why are you showing this to me if it's already sold? And I started walking away and he said, do you know who it was sold to? And I said, yeah, this weird username. And he said, that's my username. And I said, wait, what? And he, he went, that's your car. And I started crying. Wow. Because I was expecting another year before I would get the car to start working on it, to start going towards it. And he said, that's your car. Next weekend, we're going to fly up and we're going to drive it back. And then we're going to start working on it. Now, where where did you buy it from? Like what state? I can't even remember. <laughs> Far away from where we lived. So hundreds of miles from where you live. Yeah, we ha- we flew out there. Wow. It was like two or three hour flight. And it was 10 to 14 hours drive back. Holy mackerel. And you drove the Falcon, the Ford Falcon back? Yes. What? It didn't have great air conditioning, but it had <laughs> air conditioning, which was a shocker. Um, what what time of year were you guys driving it? Uh, June or July. Okay, so real deal summer. <laughs> yeah, getting into the hot months. and ugh. But it was so much fun. I like wouldn't give that trip up for the world. I tell you what, Ellie, I, I relate to you, my friend. Because I, when I, I was 19 when I bought my 67 GTO, I did not get to drive it back. The car was in such bad shape that arguably it should have been crushed, but it was an authentic GTO. Just couldn't do it. Uh, but rode down with my stepdad to Texas from Ohio and trailered it back. And I, I'm with you. I wouldn't trade it for the world. What an experience. I remember going out to a shed to get parts. They, they're like, take any of the parts you want out of the shed. So, of course, I'm going to take whatever I can if they're <laughs> giving it to me, right? And they're like, just make sure you look at your feet and make sure there's no copperheads. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that's terrifying. That would have been a deal breaker for my dad. <laughs> oh, man. So we're in this hot, hot shed in Texas in May. And it was like I was just dripping sweat and who knows what animals are in there. But that didn't stop me, man. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I can't believe $2,000 and you were able to drive it back. And not just a little trip, like a 12-hour trip. 
Holy mackerel, what a bargain. Here's the thing. Not only was it drivable, it was very drivable. Like, it was a good car when we bought it. It was comfortable, and it actually came with buckets of parts. I don't know if you know, but the trunk of a Falcon is ginormous. It's absurd how big it is. And the whole trunk was filled to the brim with parts. Me and my dad had to shove our suitcases in the back seat. And even then, there were more parts on top of our suitcases. Wow. It was crazy. What an experience. You know, any person that likes working on cars, that is like a parent's dream to do with their child. Those are memories and frustrations. <laughs> Just every emotion, right, you get to experience with your parent together. Yeah. Because my partner and I work on cars now and in Ellie I'm sure you've experienced this where you have the extreme highs of feeling just so accomplished yes. and then those other days where you feel like all you did was chase your tail <laughs> oh I understand that so much there was one day when we were like we're gonna get so much done today and all we did was like take one bolt out and it was so disappointing. <laughs> it is, isn't it? That one bolt can take like hours and you just want to throw your wrench across the garage. Yes. <laughs> oh, I feel you, sister. I feel you. Wow. So I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm taking this down a rabbit hole, but I, I just so relate to what you're saying here. So you guys drove, did the, the 11 to 12 hour drive back home. Yeah. You, you get home. And what do you what do you do? I mean, my goodness, were well, you like pinching yourself? Like, is this real? It was like midnight. So when we got home, we were both like drowsy. And I don't think it really clicked until the next day. But like once we drove it into our garage, it was like, wait, this is actually happening. And then the next day after I'd woken up, I ran downstairs and I looked in the garage and I was like, wait, it's still here. Like, this is real. This wasn't just a dream. And it was, uh, it was amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So let, let's kind of shift gears a little bit. And that's, that was really the creation, kind of a starting point of Ellie's garage, I imagine. Yes, it was. What got to the point where it's like, hey, why don't we go ahead and do a kind you guys are kind of doing a documentary and you know doing the videography of capturing these moments now. What kind of got to that point in the decision of hey, let's do this? Well, before we even left to get the car, my mom and dad wanted to document the process. And me being who I am, I did not want to document the process. You got to fill us in, Ellie. When you when you say that who is Ellie? Like, I, I see your videos, and your videos seem very natural. I wouldn't get that. So what do, you, what do you mean by that exactly? So I personally am a very introverted person. Nobody would guess it, but I am. I don't like talking to strangers. I don't like being on camera. I am a wallflower. I like being in the background and watching other people do things. My listeners know by now that I do pre-interviews and you, me, your mom and dad did a pre-interview together mm -hmm. before this this actual recording. And 
they indicated that they were surprised that that you accepted the invitation to do this interview. Yes. I again I don't like talking to strangers. I can get about one or two words out and then I'm usually done unless I'm being guided through a conversation by my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Now, why did you decide to go ahead and take the chance and do this interview? Because I'm talking about something that I love. I love my car. And it's easy to talk about my car because I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about something that I love to do. It's like how I can go on for hours talking about my dog because I love him so much. And how I can go on for hours talking about how amazing my dad is. And it's it's easier to talk about something that's not me. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And, and you have wisdom beyond your years. You really do. And the fact that you can make that connection right now can only serve you. I, um, I know a few people in my life that are introverts. I'm very much an extrovert. Uh, my partner is very much an introvert. And she also it kind of mirrors with social anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying all introverts run into social anxiety, but I've, I've seen an overlap with some of that as well. Oh, yeah. I have very bad social anxiety to the point of I had to go buy crow's feet one time to get um, the brake lines out of my car. And I had a breakdown having tell- my mom telling me that I had to go pay for it myself. And not because I was worried about spending the money, but because I didn't want to go talk to the cashier. And I appreciate your willingness to talk about this, Ellie, because there's there's a lot of people in this world that battle social anxiety. In that experience in that auto parts store, what your mom described is you guys were literally in the aisle. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if I misrepresent this, please correct me. I'm just recalling the conversation with your folks is that literally you had a breakdown and started bawling. Yeah, I I started crying because I just, like not like a two-year-old throwing a fit or anything, but just because talking to someone I don't know, being face-to-face with them and having, just having them look at me, it almost feels like they're judging me. And even if they're not, it's just that fear that paralyzes me of what if I do something wrong? What if I mess up? And there is that fear of talking to people who know more than about cars than me. Of what if I say the name wrong? What if I don't know the name of this tool or anything like that? And it's just this fear of doing something wrong that comes with the territory of usually being an introvert or being a perfectionist like I am. Mm-hmm. What do you feel physically in those moments? Like I start tensing up and I just get so scared. It's like I'm about to go into a haunted house, but it's not excited, scared. It's just petrifying and heartbreaking. And it's, yeah, it's terrible. How do you cope with it? Um, I have had social anxiety for a few years now. So I kind of know that I can just push through. And sometimes I ignore it. Sometimes it's 
a lot. So I have to just kind of breathe through it. Um, there's not really one way that I cope. I just have to kind of keep going because I can't really stop because it's not an option. That's great advice, Ellie. It, it really is. The, the breathing through it and to keep moving forward, to keep on keeping on. And, and I have so much respect for you doing what you're doing because a lot of people on the outside, especially in social media and everything, everyone sees these pictures or these videos and majority of the time people don't know what that person that is in the video or in that picture is really going through. Now, yeah. in those moments, you're working on the car and you're in your element. And then there's these other moments where you have to go to part stores and face complete strangers talking about a topic that you're learning as well about the car. And that takes a lot of courage. There's people who just won't do, they won't do anything because the fear is, is so engulfing. So you're, you're an incredibly courageous young girl. Thanks. You're very welcome. And again, I really appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and share that with the listeners. Your story may invoke enough inspiration and instill enough courage for someone else to actually take that step. So kudos to you, my friend. So you went to the store, and I'm guessing through this restoration project, you've had to do that on more than one occasion. Are you finding... As you push through that more and more, that it's getting easier? Uh, little by little, but it's still hard. I know how I'm going to react whenever a situation like that pops up. So I kind of pre-prepare myself for whatever's going to happen, making it a little bit easier, but still pretty hard. Now, I, I have to ask this, and, and again, I, I know the answer from the pre-interview, but just to kind of bring our listeners along, when you started Ellie's Garage, you started documenting these things. I know mm -hmm. your mom and dad had long conversations and contemplation around, okay, do we actually put this out on social media or not? Because of the fear where social media can be tough. Yeah. Negativity, there's positive things, and some people can be just darn right mean. They ended up deciding to go ahead and put it in on social media. But can you share with the listeners how how that's handled and where maybe some parents and even other young girls could maybe take some good advice? Because I think how your folks are doing this is first class and a great way of doing it. Do you do you mind sharing? No. Um. So how my social media works is I don't really go on it. <laughs> Which sounds super weird and it sounds like I don't know what's going on, but I do. So my dad shoots the videos, he edits them, my mom watches them to make sure that there is nothing that I would feel uncomfortable with, and they proof everything. My mom posts the pictures on my Instagram, and they read almost every comment, and they do all of my social media. And I basically don't do anything. I've never seen one of my videos. I have no clue what people are saying online, except for when my mom and dad tell me. And that's usually only good stuff because they 
are amazing and they know what I can handle and what I can't. So when they do bring up a bad comment, they bring it up in a light of this is wrong. And from what you're doing, you can completely see that this is wrong. So we're going to show you how wrong this is. Like there was one comment where a guy said on one of my videos, this is why women should stay in the kitchen. Whoa, I'm sorry. Are you serious? Yes. Okay. I, 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 give me a moment here, Ellie, because <laughs> like I, I have fire shooting through my veins no, right now. It's terrible that someone would say that. But my mom brought it up to me and she said, you know this is wrong. Oh, my God. A lot of this business of building cars is there's mostly guys watching. So mm-hmm. there are going to be a lot of those men who think that women are only suited for baking and cooking and cleaning the house, which is very untrue. Just like men aren't just suited for being in the garage. But they bring comments to me. They mostly bring the good ones. But when there is something bad, they tell me and then they say, this is completely wrong. And let me show you why this is wrong. And they give me proof. And the proof for the why women should stay in the kitchen was not only this is wrong and you know it, it was on the page that that was posted. It was in charge of a guy who was a fan of mine. He texted my dad and said, there was this guy who said this thing about Ellie and how women should stay in the kitchen. So I banned his ass. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is such ignorance. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, wait, he really said that? (laughs) And then I was like, yeah. And it was just this reassurance that what I am doing isn't wrong. It's just unique. And that people support me and that I should feel confident with what I'm doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's women and girls just like you, Ellie, that help open doors and it's a matter of keep on keeping on i i have to ask you do you ever get the urge to want to go on there and look how do you hold back because i i'm thinking i think of my 12 year old daughter and i'm like if i told her not to, like curiosity would get the best of her <laughs> like how many followers do i have now how many likes do i have for that one well the thing is because it's about me i'm a little passive i don't really want to look but the thing is I don't really care. I don't care if I have zero followers or a million followers. I don't care about it because it's just not something that I am interested in. I've never been super interested in social media or any of that stuff. You you didn't do it for the attention. You're doing it because it's truly documenting your journey. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even realize that people had seen it other than my family. <laughs> which are so supportive and is watching every one of my videos. It's really that I realized that people were watching when I started getting emails and being sent stuff. Like I opened a Craftsman socket wrench set that I had gotten way back when and I hadn't opened it yet. And Craftsman emailed me and said, hey, we love this. I want to send you something. What did they send you? They sent me a VersiSack tool case, which is just a whole bunch of toolboxes that are really nice and can stack up real neatly. And they also sent me like a $200 radio 
that also goes in the set and like yeah it was really cool and it was just the thing of like people are noticing what I'm doing and they like it like they think that I'm doing something that can change something because they wouldn't be encouraging me if they thought I couldn't change anything. Absolutely. I, I think you guys have a perfect one-two punch. And what I mean by that is the way you present yourself is so authentic and genuine. And people feel that and see that in your videos. And the overall production quality. The, the quality of your videos, the editing, all of those, it's it's good. It's all my dad. He is He is a professional doing videos. So I was super lucky that he was willing to help me and edit and shoot all my videos. And yeah, it's, it really is all my dad and my mom. My parents are such amazing people and so loving and caring. And they just want to do everything as good as they can for me. And it's just, I'm, I'm such a lucky kid for getting the parents that I did. Wow, there's going to be parents out there like, God, I hope my kid says that about me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here as a parent like, wow, I would love for my kid to say something like that about me. (laughs) But a lot of times... Give it until they're a teenager. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even if they don't say it, they know it. (laughs) Now, one of the things that we talked about, Ellie... Uh, in the pre-interview was about these societal norms around girls. And, and I, it's one thing that I picked up from you is that you, you have a deep passion about this. And your mom shared a story about a conversation with a gentleman, too, at a park that centered around you being a girl and you working on a car and spending time in the garage. It also centers around my brother of him being a guy and not being interested in the garage. Do, do you mind kind of high level sharing that story with the listeners so that we can bring them along in the journey? No, not at all. So my mom was at the park with one of her friends and they were talking about what I'm doing and the garage. And there was this older guy and he interrupted their conversation and said, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but does your husband have a son? And my mom said, yes, but he's not interested in garage stuff. He's interested in theater and that kind of thing, which I think girls doing garage stuff and that kind of thing. And it really is this testament of girls can do not only cooking and art and all this kind of stuff, but there also is the other side of guys. And if they're not interested in garage and manly things, then they're on the same plate as girls who are interested in the garage. I think that's kind of interesting about me and my brother is we're both interested in the things that society says we shouldn't be interested in. But sorry, back to the story. He said, well, your husband must feel like he finally has a son now that his daughter is finally interested in this. And that's really weird, but okay. And my mom she was in shock, first of all, for this man having the nerve of going up to her and telling her this, not knowing her. And just in this thing of, like, how dare he? Like, he doesn't have the right to tell 
tell her what her children can and cannot do. It's it's shocking that someone would be willing to say that and still thinks that nowadays. And it was uninvited. He wasn't even part of the conversation. Yeah, my mom has no clue who that guy was. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And see that right there, that mentality and and people like that, and I will say people because I see men and women, that's just discouraging girls and women to pursue the that industry and that hobby. And it's a tragedy. Yeah. It is a tragedy. Whatever lights your soul on fire, do it. It's that simple. Yeah. It, it, it is not gender-based. My, my brother is a talented actor. He has gotten the leads in the plus last two plays that he's been in he is an amazing person who just lights up on stage and you can see that he's in his element and that is what he was meant to do and for someone to say that he's a guy and he shouldn't be allowed to do theater is shocking just as it is shocking for someone to say that I shouldn't be allowed to work on a car It's heartbreaking that people think that because I feel like both genders have so much to offer to the thing that they are being discouraged to do. That is very well said. And I completely agree with you. None of those things are gender based. And that's that's the premise of Femcanic Garage is hopefully to open people's eyes and to inspire and encourage people to pursue their heart's desire. I tell you what, Ellie, I think we are ready to launch into the red line round to expand a little more into these knowledge bombs that you've been dropping on us. I'm going <laughs> to give you a platform to drop some more. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. Question one, who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey? My family. Always my family. And it always will be my family. My dad works two jobs. My mom works two jobs. They're devoted to their family and to supporting us and to making it so that me and my brother can do whatever we want to do. And I am so lucky to have them. And not just them, but also my brother. He's my best friend in the whole wide world. And he supports me so much. Like I said, he's not interested in cars. He doesn't know anything about cars, but I'll tell him, Luke, I got the steering box out of my car today. And he'll go, that's so cool. What's a steering box? (laughs) And he just, I mean, he's so supportive. My family is all supportive and I am so grateful for them. And I could never do this without them. Mm, That's the good stuff right there. Ellie, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on your project? My dad. He is brilliant. He knows everything there is to know. And if he doesn't know something, he looks it up and he figures it out. He is helping me so much through this process. And he is learning just like I am. And we're figuring things out together. And that's what I love about this. I can go to him when I don't know something. And then we'll learn together. A parent's dream right there. 
What excites you most about what you're doing right now? That I get a car out of it. I mean, quite honestly. Not just any car, a really cool car. A very cool car. And the fact that maybe someone will see this and think that I'm special. Because the only reason that I agreed to document the process was that hopefully I could send it to a college and say, look what I can do. Aren't I a special human? And that they would want to have me at their school and to just further my life through this process. Forward thinking. Ellie, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly when you feel stuck or discouraged? Um, ooh, that's a hard one. Probably taking a step back. Whenever I get discouraged, I can usually take a step back. And again, my family is there to help me. My dad is always there to be like, okay, we can take a break. And then I have my wonderful friends that will distract me if I'm having trouble and help me through things. And I also have my dog who doesn't know what's going on and loves me through everything. Sounds like a therapy dog. Sounds like our dog. (laughs) We joke around and call our dog our therapy dog. There's something about them laying on you and just being able to pet them. I mean, quite honestly, isn't every dog a therapy dog? I know, right? They really are. (laughs) Ellie, finally, what is your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in this industry? It's hard. I've only been doing it for less than a year, and I already know that it's hard. But the thing is, girls like us, women like us, men who loves this thing, If you love something in this world, go for it. And it doesn't matter who wants to stop you. If it's what you're meant to do, then it's what you're meant to do. And there is just something about doing something that you love that you can't get anywhere else. I'm just taking it in, my friend. I'm taking it in. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. This has been just amazing. So the listeners know, and if they get curious to see what these videos are all about, where and how can people connect with you? I am on YouTube at youtube.com slash Ellie's Garage. I'm also on Instagram at Ellie's Garage and on Facebook at Ellie's Garage. Perfect. And mom, dad, keep filtering. Keep doing that. You're doing great. I got to give this shout out to your parents because social media is no joke. There can be a lot of cyberbullying and things like that. And I think staying on the pulse of this is so, so important. And kudos to you, Ellie, for making it easier for your parents. Because as any parent will probably agree with me, is that as a parent, you feel like you're screwing it up more than you're getting it right. <laughs> and you try to do what you feel in your heart is best for your kids. So kudos to your parents in staying true to that and doing what is best to protect you and teaching you from each one of those moments. They deserve all the praise in the world. You are an amazing young lady. And Ellie, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today. It has been 
an absolute pleasure getting to know you and I really really appreciate your willingness to be vulnerable and share some of your own challenges and struggles. Thank you for letting a 15 year old have a place where she can say things that are her life. It is my honor. It is absolutely my honor. Hi, I'm Ellie. I'm the host of Ellie's Garage and I'm a femcanic. Katie Chandler is in the driver's seat next. She's a full-time panel beater at a BMW shop in the UK. She also has a side hustle called Nug Stripes, where she paints signs and does pinstriping. Join me next week when this 2020 World Skills UK National Qualifier shares her journey in the industry. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicgarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a Femcanic?